Gamecock fans, welcome home. See how it goes, uh, but we'll be ready to go. It's time to root. Touchdown, Carolina! It's gone! Touchdown! What a hit! He makes it in! Can you believe it? Gamecocks have won this game! You are your hosts, J.C. Sherbert. I watch him celebrate now! Bill Molinax. My wife doesn't like hanging around losing. And Jamie Bradford. I'm going to tell you, you look like you joined Doug Dynasty. All right, <clears throat> greetings and good morning and welcome aboard and welcome home. Inside the Gamecocks, the show live from the Sinorama Studios, the preferred sign partner of Gamecock Athletics and built by the Barndo Co., the barndominiumco.com, where you can build your dream home for as low as $160 per square foot if you live in the Carolinas, Georgia, or in Tennessee. JC, JB. And Phil here until 1 o'clock this afternoon. And in light of the groundbreaking, earth-shattering worldwide news today with Live Golf and the PGA Tour deciding that they would combine forces and merge, we're going to merge with Mark Ryan. I'm just kidding. We're not dumb enough to do that. Uh, in the upstate, I promise I damn you. sure didn't send him a link. <laughs> You don't, you, don't, uh, you don't have Psych. to worry about that. Uh, we'll never do anything to ruin our entire program for the rest of its history. But uh, that is crazy stuff that's happening in the golf world. And um, I'm sure a lot of you golfers out there have plenty of thoughts on it, just like we do. Uh, but um, anyway, so if that comes up today, we'll certainly make sure that we discuss some of that in our programming. Bobby, yeah, I um, I lost my voice last Friday, dude. And I... It was a brutal Friday uh, at the uh, at the park, and I had three hours of radio that day. I was in the studio with Bill Gunner and those guys that morning. Then we had our show, and by the end of the night, I was trying I was trying to talk to Gaston Wingo, Scotty's brother, and he kept looking at me like I was nuts. He was like, "Dude, your lips are moving. There ain't nothing coming out." So I got all these. I called my wife and got all this stuff figured out. It's slowly coming back. We're getting there. Uh, but we're working on a week, and I'm, I'm not thrilled with it. So luckily I have these two guys, who are otherwise known as clowns, according to Nat, uh, to get us through our program today. <clears throat> Hopefully an hour or two, won't have to talk a whole lot. We are leading off hour two today with Mike Morgan, the great Mike Morgan. He called the Vandy Regional this past weekend, and he'll be able to help us preview the Super Regionals that begin on Friday. We do know all of the first pitches for game one of every series we do not know the start time of every game of every series. South Carolina and Florida 
will throw their first pitch at 6 p.m. Uh, down in Gainesville on Friday. So uh, for those that maybe are planning to make that trip or at least plan your Friday evening, uh, there you go. We'll we'll tell you all that stuff coming up here in just a minute. Uh, we do have some football recruiting to get to as well today, and we will have more of that throughout the week. Uh, we are working on something that we think all of you would really truly enjoy uh, at the end of our show today if we can if we can get it to work uh, at about 12.45. So uh, expecting to hear something on that in a few minutes. It's kind of come together late, but certainly don't want to say anything until we can, until we can make it work out. So, uh, all right, uh, with all of that said, hi, Phil, and hello to UNLV's biggest fan, J.C. <laughs> Schubert. That's right. <laughs> well, the, game, <clears throat> the Gamecocks, they're 3-0 since I've been wearing this uh, – Hat. And I don't know if you guys noticed I shaved. Yes. <laughs> I shaved right. last uh mm-hmm. right before first pitch on Friday. I took the beard off. I was like, you know, I hadn't hadn't really cleaned the old old beer up. Right, the old beer, the old beard up uh since I went to Charleston and Columbia. Um and I started thinking, well, that's when that's when all this losing started happening. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, I'm gonna shave. And I'm going to keep the UNLV hat on and, until there's a loss. So, I'm, uh, I'm, that, that, that's, that's that's why I've got it on. So. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> and I do like UNLV. I like the old basketball team and the, oh, yeah. the Tark, the Shark, and all that. And I think it sucks they're not that good anymore. But, um, you know, it, it's kind of classic. But uh, I'm going to keep it on until there is a loss. And uh, Okay. And that's uh, – that's all I got to say about that. Well, hopefully you're wearing it the whole month then. That would be um, that'd be ideal. It'll go to Omaha with me. Yeah, it will. <laughs> I'll be sitting in the stands with a, like a clown with a UNLV visor on. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. You'd be like the well, you'd be like the LSU guys. They're there every year, no matter what. There's a group of Mississippi State folks that go every single year too. I, I that's what I love about SEC baseball, man. There, there's just outstanding fan bases and there's a good chance that there's going to be a lot of s there's going to be at least two sec teams in the super regionals this year we know that um maybe maybe more matter of fact i'll tell you what here's here's the full schedule for those that haven't seen it uh the first game of the super regionals guys is at noon on friday that's duke and virginia duke uh pummeled coastal carolina to put that politely last night and advance. So that's an all ACC matchup there. So one of those AC, there will be an ACC guaranteed team uh, in Omaha. Coming up at five after that, Indiana State has to go to TCU. That's a really unique scenario. That's it. That's on at five o'clock. Uh, so TCU probably did not in any of their plans expect to host when they got into the postseason. But Indiana State has a major event going on uh, with. Uh, with Special Olympics, JC. Oh, well, you can't uh, you can't reschedule that for a baseball regional. That's well, that's just unfortunate. See, nobody even thought about that when they handed out the Sycamores a host uh, site. I mean, I guess that's okay. I mean, I look. <clears throat> you want to give me 
weepy eyed and, 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 and tender hearted start talking about special Olympics. Cause that's something sure. I completely support. Uh, oh, it's a neat with, event. uh, my and this is like your and, state event too. It's not like a little yeah. local event. It's when event. I retire, I think that's me and that are, we're, we're going to get heavily involved with, uh, sponsoring things and going to the events and stuff. That's just, that's just something personally to me that means a lot, but, uh, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> so TCU gets to host. Wow. It's, TCU has had a uh, golden kind of golden horseshoe up there behind this whole time. I mean, who who knew they would go in and hit Arkansas like they did uh, in that one game, and then yesterday they just pulled away from them and beat them. Man, I, I tell you, there's been some surprising results. Um, but uh, Indiana State at TCU—that's uh, one of those two teams is going to. I remember I, I talked about this bracket yesterday. I was like, yeah, it's, it's not looking, not looking um, well. Not look. I mean, there's been a lot of upsets. Let's just say that. Yeah, and, and 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 you know, this was one of the talking points last week, though, on our program, JC. I don't know if you remember this or not, but you know, I had mentioned, hey, look, there's a lot of three seeds that have some history in getting to Omaha. You know, guys mm-hmm. that know their way around the postseason. TCU is one of those. That's a program that wasn't going to go in. I have a lot of respect for it for for them, the Horn Frogs baseball program, and. And, you know, while Arkansas is an incredibly difficult place to play, they, they weren't going to walk in there wondering what they just walked into. They, they knew what to expect. And um, now I didn't see them coming out of the regional. I'm not saying that. I, I wasn't going to actually pick them, but they did win it. Uh, and so now they get, the you know, and, and Indiana State is, you know, probably sitting here just banging their heads against the wall uh, because they had a golden opportunity to, to bring something to their hometown for the first time ever that they can't do now so they got to go there it's going to be a raucous environment and then following that is south carolina and florida uh, that will be on espn2 at six o'clock on friday evening and then the night capper is oral roberts at oregon oregon of course is now hosting this weekend as well with oru a four seed uh headed up to eugene so that's the four game slate on friday the games that will begin on saturday they'll start at noon not a late night uh, Alabama will head to Wake, so we'll see if the Tide, by virtue of getting hot late in the year after firing their coach, can go take down the number one team in college baseball this year, uh, the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. A pair of games will get going at 3 o'clock, JC. A couple of really, really interesting ones here. Another guaranteed SEC team to Omaha by virtue of 12 seed Kentucky hitting the road for Baton Rouge. That's at 3 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, they already played down there earlier this year. They did win one game against the Tigers uh, at uh, Alex Box Stadium. I'm sure LSU is looking to double up on that 2-1 series that they had just a little over a month ago. And then you got Tennessee is at Southern Miss. Now, that's another interesting situation because Southern Miss was awarded the host site. It went back to the bid process after what happened in the regionals this weekend. Tennessee fans are very upset because they're six spots higher than Southern Miss and the RPI, which was seemingly where they decided the host sites in the beginning for the large majority of the part here. But for a couple of things going in Southern Miss's favor, and that is why they got uh, the regional this weekend, including more victories. Um, you could probably make the argument that, that Tennessee had a tougher road to hoe to get there by taking out Clemson at Clemson. But Southern Miss got it. Maybe some you know, sentimental stuff with their coach retiring. And then at 6 o'clock on Saturday night, the final game one to start. This is the final game one to start. 
Uh, you got Texas at Stanford, a couple of traditional powers in college baseball. And I'll just go ahead and say this. This is my uh, personal feel on this. I have the utmost respect for Stanford, but I find it so boring to watch Stanford play baseball. I always have. I could care less when they're on TV. I don't know what it is. It's just not baseball to me. It's West, West Coast baseball is boring anyways. And, um, and so – I, I kind of hope Texas goes out there and takes them out and, and moves on to Omaha because I, I just there's something about Stanford that bothers me. Respect them, don't care to watch them play. Well, that's a that's a that's a super regional dripping with history though because those two programs have won their yep. fair share of national titles through the years. You know, Texas, of course. I mean, gosh, it won't be next year. The next baseball season will be the spring of 2025. They'll be in the SEC. So lay another five-star sandwich on the buffet, man. I mean, come on, out of money. But uh, that's going to be an interesting series. I don't, I don't know. I'm not going to pull against Stanford, JB, because um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I think I think there needs to be more West Coast representation. I, I, I don't. I love the sport, and I don't ever want it to be like the, the Southeastern Conference Invitational. Now, it already kind of is, but uh, it, you know, but. Then again, if you look at the bracket right now, we probably, you know, we'll probably have maybe half the field SEC teams uh, if Texas makes it over half of its future SEC teams. <laughs> but um, I don't know, you know, and I'm sure Texas people were hoping to get a shot at A&M and that super because <laughs> that would have probably been in Austin and uh, and all that maybe, you know. But it is surprising to me Tennessee's not hosting. I'm, I just don't know how I feel about that. I think um, – Something about the Vols does not impress the committee. Like, I don't understand. Did they watch them the last 17 games of the year? I mean, are they just going on what happened at the beginning? Because, you know, they were as good as anybody down the stretch. And so they obviously didn't think that much of them to send them to Clemson, the fourth, well, the hottest team in the country. Uh, And now they don't get a home regional over a Southern Miss team that's really good. But, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what the, what the committee's deal is with Tennessee. But uh, I, I do think they're going to win and go back to Omaha. I'll put that in my predictions folder right now. Yeah, I, I think um, there. obviously we've been through this whole conversation time and time again leading into the actual uh, regionals. I, I think one of the things that really severely affected Tennessee – uh, was their non-conference strength of schedule, and and I just went mm-hmm. to to kind of check my numbers again on it. It is one sixty three, um, which is one hundred and sixteen spots underneath that of Southern Miss. Um, their overall strength of schedule does sit at nineteen by virtue, of course, of playing in the in the SEC. I mean, you're you're really you're kind of splitting hairs here. I mean, if it was if it was who deserves it more based on resume? It's probably the Vols. Um, Southern Miss, believe it or not, actually fits more people into their ballpark. Um, and so they probably had a, a better, you know, I mean, it goes back to the bid process, so they're bidding on it. I mean, Tennessee doesn't have an issue with money. I'm sure they threw all kinds of money there, but um, they decided to award it to Southern Miss. Maybe it was because, you know what, Ten- you know, I, this could be it. I'm speculating here. I have zero insight into this. This is just literally an offhand comment. It could be 
We already gave the SEC eight. We ain't giving them a ninth. Hmm. It should be John Cohen and his deep state of Mississippi ties. Could be. I mean, so I bet you know. Look, I've seen the crowds at Old Miss and Mississippi State. Uh, Southern Miss is a hellacious little school. They're a lot like East Carolina. They're mm-hmm. going to pack it out, you know. And they they've uh, got fans. Awesome. You, yeah. You know, people. Yeah, people don't understand. You know, you go Southern Miss has a lot of fans, <laughs> and they they kind of got a chip on their shoulder too. So maybe the atmosphere there will be, you know, like it is in the Grove or in Starkville, and, and maybe that that put them over. So I, I have no idea um, what the deal is there. So well, I tell you what, <laughs> what would have been really interesting. <laughs> Excuse me, and I don't think that they would have won the the, the host. They would not have, but uh, had it uh, just for giggles, had Penn won that regional, and then it was a Penn bid versus uh, Tennessee, and somebody was like, "Yeah, you know what? I, I think uh, I think we'll send them to Philly give it to the Quakers here." Yeah, that's and, right. uh, ben Fra- <laughs> people dress like Ben Franklin with the con- like the constitu- pocket constitutions beating people down and. Right. And then there's like the old Rocky Top crowd. Oh my goodness, we ain't never been up here before. Yeah, uh, for baseball. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I still think Tennessee's going to be Southern Miss and go through. Though I, I was like, I, just looking at this whole thing the whole time. I've been like the one team because they're not going to get a national seed. They're not going to host to the one team. Nobody, I don't think anybody wants in their regionals. Tennessee, Dadgummit, did they not go to Clemson and knock them out? And, I think Southern Miss is probably, but you know, like like Tennessee struggled on the road this year, though, and and that's not, you know, they outlasted Clemson the other night. You know, Clemson could have won that game easily. Um, the other two games weren't necessarily road games, you know, that mm-hmm. they played against Charlotte and uh, and Charlotte because those, uh, you know, they had a lot of fans uh, at Doug Kingsmore. So um, anyway, uh, Hayne in the chat box does have a question about recruiting, and I want to answer this real quick. Does the state that the kid lives in have a, as a factor? Is there a difference between a three-star from Texas versus South Carolina? Well, yeah, because it's in the order. Um, you're going to have more four- and five-star kids in Texas than in South Carolina just by population. But sometimes the three-stars from those bigger states end up being just as good or better than the four- and five-stars from the smaller states just because it, it, it's kind of all on a curve and there's just so many of them. Uh, out in Texas and California and Georgia and Florida. So I just wanted to get to that real quick because that's kind of a, a simple answer. And, um, you know, I know there's a lot of recruiting talk today, but um, yeah, so there's, there's the answer for that. But back to, back to the baseball thing. I, I'm, well, uh, Hane also asked an, a, a question here about gate money too. Well, well we've got Hane on the line. Let's let him get it all, all in. Right. Who gets go, the Hane. gate money, the school's, or the NCAA, the schools do. Hey, uh, the schools will recoup uh, any gate money um, that is that walks through versus what they bid out uh, to host. So, so that will stay wherever wherever it stays. Um, by the way, little 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 nugget on uh, this weekend's super regionals: uh, fifteen of the sixteen teams are uh, in the top twenty-six of the RPI. Uh, Oregon is at 26. I think 10 of the top 16 RPI teams in the country are in the Super Regionals. The only one that's really out of there and down the list is Oral Roberts, uh, who is at 62 in the RPI, uh, but did, did go 49 and 11 this year in the Summit Summit League, 23 and one uh, in conference. Don't bet against Oral Roberts, man. 
lightning's going to strike you. They were hot. <laughs> yeah, got, yeah, they yeah, are. You know, divine providence. Yeah, so. yeah. I mean, they. I mean, they. Uh, I mean, getting through. I mean, they they swept through the Stillwater Regional. They beat Oklahoma State, Washington, and Dallas Baptist. That's a that's a good regional for them to win. Um, it's a very anointed regional. Yeah, you know, looking back at the regular season, the funny thing, the funny thing is, you know, they, they actually played Oklahoma state in the regular season and they, they swept them and then they had to go to their regional and then they beat them again. But they also went to Dallas Baptist, uh, during the regular season and got swept. So they, you know, they, they returned the favor a little bit to knock them out of the postseason. Um, but outside of that, you know, you can't really argue that they beat anybody uh, this year. So, um, you know, but they're they're an interesting team. They did, though. They did go to Omaha to play Omaha. So they have Ooh, been there. Been they're there. looking been to get there. back. As a matter of fact, they're 3-0 and in Omaha uh, this year. Uh, Bruce Nation says, what if Southern Miss wins at all? It's three years in a row of Mississippi teams. It would be something. Yeah, that would be something. Wow. Um, that They are not my pick. I wouldn't be shocked, though. I, I, I know Tennessee is going to be the trendy pick to win that regional. I would not be shocked to see Southern Miss win it at all. They're good. Hey, you know, Will McGillis came from Southern Miss. Yeah, he did. And Did we know that? Caleb you know, Denny had, yeah, came, came from, from Oral Roberts. Roberts. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gavin Casas came from Vanderbilt. Another. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> Oh wait no. a minute, Vander! Oh, you, whoa! Oh, you, hold the phone. I'm wanna, sorry, Vanderbilt's wanna, not in. It no longer in the discussion. I'm, I'm, do you want to play that game? Okay, I'll play. I'll, <laughs> all right, fine. I'll play. Jonathan French came from. Oh yeah, they're oh, not in. Oh, they're, they're not, not in. Oh, so I did Dylan that. Brewer? Oh wait, yeah, they're the same team. Yeah, they're out. Yeah, Roman mm-hmm. Kimball, Notre Dame. They didn't even make it. Um, <laughs> so who? Oh the. Uh, well, I guess Copeland came from Memphis. They're not really a good part of the discussion. But, yeah, when McGillis came from Southern Miss, and if you think about, it, like, last year at Southern Miss, he hit, what, eight home runs in postseason play for them? I, it was um, eight. Yeah, it was up there. Yeah, and so he's off to a, he's off to he's a good start. Two? Yeah, he's hitting dingers, man. That's all he does, man, Will McGillis. He gets his forearms strengthened, and he just starts hitting dingers. That's what he's, he, he is. If he's not hitting dingers and strengthening his forearm, he's, he's, a, lost, he's a lost soul. That's all he does. It's his job. Yeah. Well, I'm, sure, I'm sure Coach Kingston is uh, thrilled. He, did, he didn't lie to us last week when he said he had some tricks up their sleeves. Tricks up his sleeve. Right. Mm-hmm. He, that was the way up there. The gambler, Mark Kingston. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well done. It's actually, well done, Coach. It's actually – Senator Tommy Tuberville was like, I guess when he was the coach, was known as the riverboat gambler. Yeah. But you can't talk about Coach Tuberville too loud because he'll hear you. Well, he will. Yeah, no question got, about that. He's got some radars there. Yeah, you know? That's right. Shh, yeah. shh. Don't laugh too loud, Phil. Yeah. We don't how do, how hard do you think it was, it was for Bama? Because he's a Republican. And we know how the state of Alabama votes. <laughs> So how hard do you think it was for all those Tide fans to walk into the polls? I mean, they probably wanted to puke while they were in there, you know, like, damn, Tumberville, I swear to God. Just, if they have the straight ticket, they just probably pulled it. That way they didn't actually have, have to look at check by his name. <laughs> I'd vote for Al-Qaeda before I'd vote for Auburn, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Politics in that state are interesting because they 
They tend to just go one way, and uh, well, there's a surprise every now and then down in Alabama, but uh, they don't they don't split it up. I guess I guess it's like here, you know. Definitely had a Clemson governor for a while. Yeah, There's been a lot of South Carolina governor. governors though too. Oh yeah, yeah. and the previous uh, governor before uh, uh, before who was it? Sanford uh, Hodges. He wasn't shy about being a Gamecock. No. no. I don't think Mark Sanford cared. He went to Furman. <laughs> so, yeah. But that was, uh, yeah, it's just kind of interesting there. But Craig asked if Vandy fans would be calling for Kip Corbin's job. No, they're not. Uh, but I, I, I do want to point this out. Vandy went out, and Vandy's gone out a couple of times. They don't always get to the Supers. Uh, they, I, I think around here, South Carolina fans think it's a bad year when you don't get out of the regional. And that's just because of the consistency from 2000 to 2013, where most years they did. And Tanner at the time when he was coaching, he talked about this. He said, that's hard. He said, he's like, he's like, he kept saying it over and over to the point where I was just like, Oh, come on. <laughs> uh, and he's like, listen, this is hard to do what we're doing. Uh, and it is, and and I don't care, you know, because anything can happen in this game. As JB has pointed out, when you get to the tournament, everybody's good. Uh, you can have an off weekend, and everything can go down the tubes. I mean, one of the best teams South Carolina ever had in 2000 lost in the Supers uh, to a team that ended up making some noise in Omaha to a certain extent, the right. Raging Cajuns. So, yeah, well, yeah. hey, look, I, I, I can tell you right now. I can tell you right now, we can put them on record. I think we've already had one do it on this show. Uh, it was either Scotty or Coop. But those guys will tell you that 2010 national championship team, they'll tell you the best team that they played was Coastal. And they were shocked uh, to, to, to get through it. So uh, we need to hit a timeout. Uh, when we return, we've got a couple of surprises for everybody. Recruiting up next with Hale McGranahan. Owen. Mike Morgan will lead off hour two at 12.05. And at 12.45, we'll tell you who will join us when we return right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Sinorama Studios. Family vacations, a new car, a new boat, all cost money, but you don't necessarily have to make more to afford any of that if you can save cash that's flying out the window now. iHelp Consulting can help you finally get the kids to Disney World, upgrade the minivan, or drop that new boat in the water next summer. Let Daniel and iHelp Consulting consult with you. No fees, just savings. You pay them a percentage of those savings. Save on essential services, credit card fees, you name it. Let them find it. These folks are incredible. iHelpConsulting.com. How can I help you? Just as your State Farm agent combines good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates, you can combine your home, auto, life, or small business insurance with Tony Pope State Farm Insurance today. And guess what you'll get? That's right, even more good neighbor service with surprisingly great rates. In fact, Tony Pope State Farm is your go-to agent anywhere in South Carolina, North Carolina, or Georgia for the service you deserve at the price you want. So try combining your home, life, auto, and or small business insurance today. Tony Pope State Farm has been in business for more than 30 years and can handle anything you need in the tri-state area. Once again, Tony Pope State Farm will help you mix and match perfectly. Call 843-851-2222 or visit TonyPope.com today. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. 
The real estate market has changed dramatically from just a year ago. Rates, supply, demand, all of your traditional factors are in a transition phase. That's why if you or someone you know are considering making a move in the low country, contact me, JB, at Coast to Coast Realty. I work with an outstanding support cast of attorneys, lenders, inspectors, insurance agents, and more, all of whom are valuable in helping find a way for you to comfortably make your real estate decision. That's right. Call me, JB, your low country real estate broadcaster. Building your dream home is often just that, a dream and sometimes a nightmare. But at the Barndo Company, they commit to quality and build without sacrifice. Customization, open floor plans, limitless flooring options, maintenance-free and easy insulation perks, and affordability are just a few reasons why they've been named one of the best builders in the U.S. Believe in your dreams. Visit thebarndominiumco.com. That's thebarndominiumco.com. The Barndo Company. Gamecock-owned. Gamecock-operated. Traveling to cheer on the Gamecocks? Reserve your hotel stay with Fan Plans. Your booking supports inside the Gamecocks and the Big Spur, plus you still earn your hotel loyalty points. Visit fanplans.com slash inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock Nation? This is Ja'Kai Moore from the DMV, and you are listening to the show. Welcome back, everybody, inside the Gamecocks, the show, first hour of the show, presented to you by Cindy Searfoss and the Coldwell Banker Kane Realty Team here in the upstate, 864-414-5271 is how to get in touch with Cindy for all of your upstate residential real estate needs. And after keeping him on a 10-minute delay, because we were unsure as to whether or not, well, some of us were, Hale was even coming on today, we've got Hale McGranahan. I love yes. that Southern Cal defense team. Open-handed, yeah. Hale. Open-handed, Hale. That's fine. That's five there. fingers to the face. Sorry. <laughs> That's pretty good. Rick James, Dave Chappelle. He's like, what a five fingers to the face, Charlie Murphy? Not, not, <laughs> not only I, – I, I'll tell you where I got distracted this morning. I was in the middle of some production, and for the second time in – I would say, let's see, 10 to 10, so 15 hours, 7.30 last night and about 10.30 this morning. The same moron trying to sell pest control knocked on my door. Oh, my God. And I have a big heart because these these companies drive me nuts because they take advantage of these kids, right? They promise them, well, you you know what, you knock on 100 doors, you get 10 of them to say, yes, you're going to make $100,000 a year. You know, they, they, and these are just kids, and they come around basically on roller skates. And I'm always trying to be nice to them. Hey, thanks, but we're not interested. Well, last night, my kids were in the shower. My wife is sick. Dogs are going crazy. And I opened the door. I've got a deck off of our uh, bedroom upstairs. And I looked down, and he goes, hey, hey, sorry to bother you. I said, no, you're not. It's 730 at night. Go read the sign at the front of the neighborhood and get the hell out of here. The same guy knocked on my door this morning at 1030. I was like, you don't listen, do you? <laughs> You've got to leave. So I got all flustered. Hey, it was my fault, man. Sorry. It's all right. I admire that young man's persistence. I did too. I, I you know, it's, it's, like, it's like recruiting, right? They tell you no, you keep coming back. It's supposed to be, yeah. Sure. Kind of. All right. So who committed this weekend silently? We know you, you've got it. Tell us their name and address and parents' names. 
Uh, I, I haven't heard of anyone. Uh, maybe JC's heard otherwise. But, uh, <laughs> no, I don't, I don't have any man. mother's maiden names or social security numbers or anything like that either. Sorry. Oh, what do you do? Oh. Yeah, it's a uh, look. I, and I said this before the visit weekend. I, I, I was kind of a, I called it a grab bag weekend. A lot of different guys from a lot of different parts of the country, um, from way far. Also from near far, <laughs> uh, you know, and anytime you have a group like that, I, you know, most schools, if they can bat about 500, they feel really good about it, uh, I think. Um, so just uh, give us a rundown. I mean, you guys, Alex and, and you did an excellent job, by the way, on the Big Spur, uh, getting catching up with these guys that visited. Uh, it just seemed like there was a, a, another overwhelmingly positive um bunch of feedback, uh, at least publicly, uh, from the interviews. Pam. Yeah, and that's always to be expected, I suppose, as, as guys typically have a good time on these visits and uh, everybody feels pretty good coming out of them. Um, I mean, there are occasions when things don't go well or, you know, for whatever reason the school gets eyes on a kid and decides to you know, not really push, what have you. But, uh, you know, I, I think it was a good start. And, and kind of like you were alluding to there, J.C., it's – it's one of those things when, when you consider just the whole sphere of, of where South Carolina is with this 2024 class. I mean, they, they entered the month of June with nine guys committed. I mean, last year they had two guys committed at the start of June. The year before that, I think it was four. Um, yep. So they're pretty ahead of pace. <laughs> I mean, we, we can just look at, at, at the, the list and then see all those four stars next to those guys' names. Like they're, they're, well ahead of schedule, and uh, when when you also consider the guys who were in this weekend, most of them have multiple official visits to other places scheduled for this month. Um, I, I don't think it should be a surprise to anyone uh, that that no one has, has committed or, and you know gone ahead and jumped in the boat. I mean, we we have seen that with with other places. It's it's not like uh, you know you can't get a guy to commit when he's got other schools, you know, scheduled for official visits, but uh, I, I certainly wasn't sitting there looking at, at any of the six and being like, yeah, I think it's going to happen this weekend. Uh, and now, they're, they're, some of those guys could eventually commit for sure um, sooner than later, but uh, as far as immediately, and I, I know folks want results yesterday, uh, I, really, again, not a surprise that, that there hadn't been any movement yet, and and I think we could probably say the same thing about this group coming in this this coming weekend. Uh, that uh, it, it shouldn't be surprised if, if there's not any movement, um, you know, with, with that batch of guys. Were you surprised I, that? Uh, I'm sorry. Were you surprised Jalewis Solomon named the Gamecocks as leader publicly? I was kind of. Yeah. I, I, that surprised me a little bit. I didn't expect him to say a, a little bit. Yeah, but if you consider. I think it was his first visit. I'm not sure if he if he came in at, before the Tennessee game last year, but if, if you look at his his visit last year for the Tennessee game and and how well that went, and and what that has done for yeah. this program, um, th- then you factor in him coming back for the spring game uh, this earlier this spring, and you know that was a big crowd and ton of big time recruits, and by all accounts a a, a well run event that that really helped make a, a lasting impression on a lot of guys. I mean, not not totally surprised, um, I guess. Because, again, like, there's always going to be that, like, post-visit 
high, if you will. Like guys are going to be really excited about where they just were and, and all that. So uh, the key with him and, and really anybody who, who comes out of an official visit saying, hey, they're, they're my leader is, is being able to sustain and, and, and hope that it continues, you know, a week, two, three weeks down the road, especially with, with him specifically when, when he got that, that official visit to Florida State at the end of the month. And that's a mm-hmm. school that I think a lot of folks are kind of looking at as, as maybe the, the leader for him. I don't know if he's come out and said in the past that, that they're number one or anything like that, but, uh, uh, you know, you know, Florida State's obviously recruiting at a high level right now, and it's a little closer to home for them and, and all that. So uh, uh, we'll, we'll see if the Gamecocks can 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 keep that momentum going um, even through that weekend. I, I want to be clear. This past weekend, there was official there were official visits at South Carolina Hale. There was also a camp at South Carolina as well, right? Correct. Yeah, that was on Friday. So okay, so camp. So. If if you, I'm not sure how much uh, insight you can add to this conversation. I was I was up there this weekend and around it a little bit, picked up a little, a couple of little tidbits here and there. So in my head, I've been trying to piece together what what are these? They they hammer these official visits, Hale, and I've and I've JC and Phil and I have talked about this. Interestingly enough, generally when there are big visit <clears throat> weekends, there's always a big name or two or more of guys whom are already committed to the program that magically show up on campus while these other <laughs> prospects are there. Um, can you walk us through what you know about an official visit weekend at South Carolina? Like I know Saturday night they had a, a, a dinner and things like that, and and they do all, just a bunch of different things. Do you have any insight as to kind of what they work their way through from Friday until they depart on Sunday? Yeah, so they, they get in all, you know, various times, obviously – because uh, guys are coming in from different parts of the country. Some of them are driving or catching a, a ride with a car service. Uh, some are flying in, uh, and, and all that stuff is is, is paid for by, by the schools. Uh, that's part of the deal with official visits is the travel expenses are are, are covered. So, so the guys get in at various times and um, kind of stagger through the late afternoon uh, with, with the camps going on. Uh, I, I think it's kind of by design to have those guys get in, you know, no earlier than three o'clock like they did this past weekend. And, and once folks that are are arrived and in town, they they go over to Shane Beamer's house because his home is, is within a certain distance from campus. I want to say it's like five miles is the rule NCAA rule. I I don't know for sure. Um, So since his home is within close enough proximity, he can have guys over uh, and they have, so they have dinner over there at night, all their family, Whoever's with them, families, everybody's is over there hanging out, doing dinner. Um, then the players, recruits kind of go off with, with their player hosts and, you know, do whatever they do, go out, uh, go to parties, whatever. Um, the fam- families have, have their have their own deal. They, they have uh, like a hospitality type of type of thing going for, for the parents to, to kind Open of keep bar. them entertained. Um, then Saturday they're, they're, you know, busy doing campus tours and getting, you know, hearing, hearing speeches from guys like Derek Moore and presentation from Luke Day about the weight room and academic advisors and just, just the whole, like, gamut of things related to the university and, and the football program. And, of course, they're feeding them really well the entire time. And 
um, you know, doing more, you know, fun type of activities in, in the evening time for both the prospects and, and, and their families and Sundays, you know, breakfast, go over to the facility and uh, have individual meetings with, with Shane Beamer. Uh, if you're on offense, obviously you're going to have a meeting with Dow Wallogans defense, Clayton White. Uh, of course, there's a photo shoot. Always got to be a photo shoot and uh, a few other, you know, little housekeeping type of things uh, before, you know, they send them on their way and, and uh, look ahead to the next weekend. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I, I find that really – and they try to correlate it, too, with, like, events, right? Like I, did, I don't think I saw any of these guys at baseball this weekend, but I know in the past, like, when there's a, when there's visitors in February, you'll see them at basketball games and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Well, so they – Dante Reno posted a picture from, from the baseball game, and he wasn't uh, one that's of the true. official visitors uh, right. with, with Parker Livingstone, yep. the receiver from Texas, who – who was there and kind of the the little detail about that JB is that uh, because it was a postseason game um, those tickets aren't complimentary whereas if it was you know a month ago and, and they're bringing guys in for an official visit and, and South Carolina is playing a you know SEC weekend series against whoever um, then they could get the complimentary tickets so so that's that's kind of the the difference that way but but yeah they can you know, go go see the sites and, and enjoy all, all that type of stuff, uh, whether it's an official visit or an unofficial visit. Yeah, it used to be in uh, – when they were mostly in February, they tried to kind of work it around a big basketball game. Um, I know schools that have big, big-time basketball programs like North Carolina do that. They try to <laughs> I was about to say. Yeah. Um, How many of those now that it's all in ju- Now that it's all in June, nobody, you know, let's go watch the Tar Heels ba- play practice basketball. We get, but they could do it around DK Square and this thing. At Keenan sometimes, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, when, uh, yeah, well, let's go watch a practice. When is the uh, Square anyway, pickup basketball event? They can do it around that because all the guys are there, Clowney and – awesome. Two guys from Virginia. Go ahead. No, no, go for it, JC. Yeah, two, two, two guys from Virginia I want to ask you about because they're the receiver, um, Kalen – Adams, Kalen, I forgot his name. Keelan Adams uh, from Virginia Beach. Kalen Adams. Okay, Keelan Adams. Keelan Adams. Uh, so he's down for another unofficial. Uh, he's got his official coming up, I would assume. Uh, and then the Gamecocks in camp found them a linebacker, also from the state of Virginia, uh, named Fred. Tell me about Fred, and uh, tell me about Adams, and then how do you feel about the Gamecocks with those two guys? I, I feel really good. Uh, about the receiver. Uh, I think that uh, he's obviously sometimes you follow the visits and he keeps coming down, <laughs> you know, and hanging out. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's a good sign. He's a four-star guy. And then this kid they found uh, at camp the other day, uh, he, he, he's he got a little bit of freakiness uh, to him. Hey, also tell everybody about those two guys. Yeah. Keelan Adams. We'll start with him. He was, he was back down as an unofficial visitor. He was in for a good bit of the weekend. I don't know if he stayed uh, through Sunday or not, but he, he was around Dante Reno, Mazio Bennett, uh, Juice Wells, some of the current players uh, on, on Friday and working out with those guys. And uh, I, th- I think the the folks, the staff is, is pretty fired up after seeing him move around in person and running routes, catching passes. Um, they're, they're really high on him and, and hopeful that uh, – that they can get him committed. Uh, he's, he's announced at some point in July. I can't remember the date. I think it's July. Um, but, but things seem to be 
heading in the right direction there. Uh, not quite ready to throw in a, a crystal ball for him to South Carolina because he does have an official visit to Alabama coming up. Uh, so kind of got to survive that a little bit and, and see, see what shakes out from there. I think he's going to go to Virginia tech as well as an official visitor this month. Hasn't, hasn't taken an official to South Carolina and, and tends to take one during the season. So maybe, maybe we can read between the lines there should be reading between the lines there and uh, look at that as, as a positive development. But, but yeah, JC, like you said, JC, getting him again, you know, you sort of follow those visits. That's, it's pretty significant um, that he's come down twice for an unofficial uh, within the matter of like a month. Uh, the, the trip to Alabama will be his first one. So, so again, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. Um, then Fred Johnson, who's, whose name is about as generic as it gets. It, it kind of reminds me of one of those, those uh, NCAA college football video game names, like when you're doing the dynasty hey, mode and, and they yeah, give you the, Fred the names. Johnson. Like, yeah, and, and, but he's a stud. And hey, it's like, all right, Fred line- Johnson. But this guy's a dude. At linebacker, he, uh, man, I, I like a I like a simple name. I like a big, I like a Fred like Johnson, a James Smith, a, a yeah. Fred Johnson, yeah. man. That's a dude, Fred Johnson. Six, I remember three, everybody I played with that was named Fred or Freddie. You didn't want to mess with Fred. Yeah. Somewhere Todd, Todd's going, please sign this guy. Please yeah. sign this guy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah. Todd Ellis. By the way, somebody said something funny in the chat box earlier comparing uh, Todd Ellis to uh, – that uh, that band Crazy Town and that song. Anyway, but we'll talk about that later. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the simpler the linebacker name to me, the more effective, in my opinion. Or it needs to be something yeah. fancy like like Quandrarius or, or something like that, like those Alabama guys, you know. Or, or uh, yeah, Fred Johnson, six three two twenty five, ran really well uh, <laughs> at camp on Friday, and, and uh, you know he. He came down, didn't have the offer. I didn't even know who he was, uh, honestly. <laughs> what? He, he, yeah, didn't know, didn't know Fred Johnson. Probably should have with that name. But uh, he, he doesn't even have – I mean, he's got a 24-7 profile. Doesn't have any stars yet. But uh, we're, we're, we're trying, to, trying to get him some. Uh, and, you know, he, he, he looked the part, man. Like, I, I remember seeing him kind of walk by as I'm, I'm hanging out in the indoor facility with – Chris Clark from Gamecock Central. I was like, Chris, do you know who that guy is? And he's like, uh, no. I was like, well, I don't know who he is either, but he looks like somebody. And that's, you know, that's kind of part of it when we're out there is like, who looks like a, a dude? He looked like a dude. And turns out he was a dude, is a dude. He He's uh, he's really good, man. He, he he had official visit an official visit scheduled to Rutgers this weekend. Um, and obviously he's changed that because he's come to South Carolina now for an official, for an official uh, seven days after getting the offer. So I would say that's a pretty good sign. But he also had, has, I, I guess, I don't know if it's they've been changed or, or what, but uh, East Carolina and Virginia Tech also scheduled for this month. So uh, we'll see how this weekend goes, man. But I, I think things are trending in a pretty good direction for Carolina as they try to add a, a complimentary piece that linebacker group with uh, Wendell Gregory. How, how many? That's one of those kids that Frank Beamer made a living on when he was at Virginia Tech. Yeah, yeah, Back yeah. Oh, yeah. Kids out of Virginia that just pop up. It's a big state. It's recruited relatively hard in certain pockets, but there's so many guys up there that'll pop up. Yeah, I think this is a good pop up. How, Virginia how Tech's many? Awful right now too. So, how many guys? How many official visitors coming up this weekend? Uh, well. <laughs> 
depends on how many of these guys end up committing other schools who are scheduled to come to South Carolina. But uh, mm-hmm. I want to say it's around eight now. Uh, as it turns okay. out, a, uh, a punter who, who South Carolina has been recruiting just tweeted a minute ago that he's coming in as an official visitor. His name is Mason Love out of Missouri. So add that one to the list. Add, add uh, Mr. Fred to the list. And if we take away Justin Green, the defensive lineman who committed to Georgia this morning, and Jarvis Boatwright, the safety from Florida, who committed to Southern Cal on Sunday, I guess it was, uh, I think the number is around eight, which is a little unofficial at this point. But uh, I, I think it's going to be somewhere in that neighborhood um, of eight, maybe give or take, depending on, on how things might shake out with some other guys. And. As it stands today, the the 23rd weekend, do you have a count on mm-hmm. what it stands right now? I know you don't know what it's going to be by the time you get to the 23rd, but as it stands right now, do you know how many? Yeah, so I think it's like 13. They got all nine online commits are scheduled. Then okay. I think it's four four non-committed guys, Dylan Stewart, Jonathan Paler, Daniel Hill, and uh, there's one other guy. Who's Jordan Thomas, named. right? Jordan, yeah, 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 Jordan Thomas, yeah. So uh, According to your 13? report. Yes, 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 yes. So thir- thirteen is is what we're looking at right now for for that group. But I, I, if it's any bigger, it, it, it won't be much higher than thirteen. Um, well, I, they want to keep it. There's kinda, a lot of names you know, coming in that weekend. I, I I I'm just I'm just going on a whim here, guys, and y'all know more more than I do. I know JC. We had a couple of conversations over the weekend, but uh, that twenty third weekend with led by those names. Is uh, I just I would just keep keep our eyes peeled, you know. To be to be honest, not trying to, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? There's a lot of studs coming in that weekend for yeah. sure. Um, really so uh, I guess 76 Gamecocks worried about NC State with Jonathan Paler. Is this a thing now? NC State with Paler? No, I mean I, I I think if there's a challenger at this point, I think it's North Carolina. He's, he had the official visit to Chapel Hill this past weekend. Uh, I think he told Don Callahan of, of the North Carolina site that uh, that the Tar Heels are, are in second place for him now. Uh, I, I'm not sitting here trying to rule out NC State by any means, but uh, I I don't I don't know that I'm sitting here like worrying about South Carolina not being able to beat NC State for him. That's I mean they're on the radar for yeah, sure. They'll host them for an official visit, but uh, they're they're probably third at best right now. Yeah, and, and this kid's continued to name South Carolina as leader. This is so rare, Hale. You know that these days. Like, even guys yeah. like Josiah Thompson, who you and I both would have, like, been shocked if he hadn't ended up in South Carolina. You know, even he never named <laughs> the Gamecocks as leader before he committed, you know. So, Paler, you got to almost hope it's not a shenanigan. I mean, right. I, I, you know, that he keeps naming the Gamecocks as leader. Uh, like he's keeps going to lead, 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 and then at the end shocks the world. Parker Livingston is interesting too. The receiver from Texas that visited from Lovejoy, Texas, over the weekend that, that was at the baseball game, as you mentioned. So everybody thinks, okay, Texas, 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 Longhorns, Longhorns. But I saw a crystal ball for Arkansas. Is is there something there to like? Maybe he's not as high on Texas's offer board as people think, or uh, where do you think the Gamecocks stand uh, with him, and where is his recruitment at this point? I, I I think Texas is going to be tough to beat. That's sort of the feeling from folks I've talked to. 
Uh, I mean, obviously, he's from the Dallas area. Austin's, you know, not far. It's still the University of Texas. Um, so, with that said, South Carolina made a great impression over the weekend, like really good. His first visit, first time he got to, you know, be around Dow Loggins and Justin Stepp for an extended period of time, not, you know, over the phone or, you know, through a computer screen, whatever. Um, I, I think it was really good. Like, they, they, they hit it out of the park. The thing they're going to have to overcome is the, the proximity from home. I mean, it's – granted, you can hop on a, a direct flight from, from DFW and get to CAE in, you know, two hours. Um, that's that's still, a you know, a, a bit of a travel travel day that uh, mm-hmm. they're going to have to contend with. But then again, you know, it's not a – it's not a short drive to Baton Rouge or to Fayetteville, Arkansas, or, uh, you know, some of the other places he's considering, uh, you know, Austin's a little closer, but, um, that's just some they're, they're going to have to contend with is the proximity from home. And, uh, if, if they can overcome that, uh, I, I, I think they can get him. Uh, he's got a bunch of official visits. Is there any left. Shot? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. He's yeah. a, he's a visiting machine. Um, any shot with Braylon Russell, or you think he stays in state at the end of the day? Well, you know, I mean, being committed to a school and recommitting to a school, that's generally speaking, that, that doesn't happen a lot. It's not, you know, unheard of, obviously. But I don't know, man. Like, it's it's going to be sort of tough just, again, generally speaking, but – uh, Tennessee was kind of viewed by a lot of folks as, as maybe the, the favorite to land him. Uh, now that they've gotten Peyton Lewis, maybe that changes things. Um, they're, they're planning to take two running backs in this class like Carolina is. So it's, um, I, I'm sure that's all been communicated and, and everybody's on the same page that way. Um, but, but I think they made a, a, a really good impression on them. Um, again, it was the first visit. Um, so, you know, there, there's going to be something to over overcome there as well because I think he's been to Knoxville several times and, and you know Arkansas is obviously the in-state school so he's been there a bunch too and was committed for about a year so we'll see man he he doesn't decide till July and if I I want to say it's like July the thirtieth so if, if they if they're able to like squeeze him in that during that last week in July when, when there's a, a cookout and uh, an open window when guys can go back on the road and take visits, you know, maybe they can pull this thing off. But uh, I, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing to take away from, from his visit was, was he said that South Carolina was definitely in his top three. So if you want to read into who else is in that top three, it's probably like Arkansas and Tennessee. The, the How about Biggies and Vols? Uh, did you get to see him in person? Did you interview him in person? No, no, but I mean, he's like 6'2, 235. And you didn't, yeah. I was just seeing like, if you eyeballed him because 6'2, 230 nah. is gigantic for a running back. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I was just seeing, I was yeah. just seeing if a size checked out. Go, go ahead, JB, my bad. No, my, 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 on the running back, and I know we got to, we got to get out of here in about two minutes, but, uh, my final yeah. one was on Daniel Hill. I've got a pretty good source tells me Carolina feels really good about this young man from Mississippi. Yeah, they do. They, they've been, uh, on him for, for a little while now. And, uh, you know, Monterio Hardesty has gotten an assist from Jody right there. Wright's got some connections uh, in that state, obviously. He's the area recruiter there. And I think there's some, um, some you know, previous relationships from, from when Wright was 
on staff at Alabama and, and recruiting. Alabama's recruiting that school that uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Hode goes to in Meridian, Meridian, Meridian High School. Um, and, and he came out of the, the spring game talking about South Carolina being its leader and uh, has said it, you know, a time or two since then. And, uh, you know, he is being recruited by Alabama. He is being recruited by Tennessee. But Alabama and Tennessee don't have a, uh, a running back story like South Carolina has got to sell. Like, we need help, like, really bad. And if you want to come get some carries as a freshman, hop on board because there are going to be some for you. And I think that's very appealing to him. And in addition to that, uh, he likes South Carolina. I mean, he visited for the spring game, like I said. He was in – I want to say it was at the Tennessee game as well. I'd have to go back and check. But uh, things things are going really well for him, and uh, we'll see if, if Carolina can, can close – seal the deal uh, yeah. at the end of the month. And as yeah. JC has pointed out, Hill's walking into Meridian – is coming and play, too. Yeah, right, exactly. And as you pointed out, JC, walking in, walking in from Columbia, South Carolina to Meridian, Mississippi, and pulling out a guy like this from Bama, Auburn, Ole Miss, Mississippi State, everybody that surrounds him basically would be quite the win uh, in recruiting for for Gamecock football. So we'll keep our eyes on it. We love having our eyes on you, Hale. Great stuff uh, as always. I, I had to end with something good since I screwed everything up earlier. So eyes on Hale. We yeah. got our eyes on Hale. Uh, really appreciate your insight and your hard work. Uh, outstanding as always. And uh, we'll get you back here probably next week uh, so you can give us another recap on all the silent commitments from the weekend. Let's do it. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks dude. <laughs> Hail the big spur.com. Coming up next, Mike Morgan with ESPN and the SEC the Network Lord. and every broadcasting entity out there. Also coming up at 1245 today. Unless between now and then something major changes, and it could, but as of now, we are scheduled for the final 15 minutes of our program to have head coach Mark Kingston join us ahead of their trip to Gainesville, Florida for the Super Regionals tomorrow. So it is a jam-packed final hour on Inside the Gamecocks, the show painted garnet and black by a couple of painters. Let me paint something.com. Hang tight. We'll be right back. I don't know who you are. I don't know what you want. If you're looking for a karaoke partner, I can tell you, I can't carry a tune in a bucket. But what I do have is a very specific set of skills. Hang up now and your IT nightmares will continue. But stay on the line and I will find you. And when I find you, I will fix it. Um, thanks. Uh, I think I have the wrong number. I'm trying to call Matt at Heritage Digital. He has a one price, low cost turnkey solution for all my IT needs. And I'm sick and tired of my IT guy. So yeah, 843-699-1001. This is 1002. Oh, well, thanks anyway. Don't be taken by some IT dude that talks a big game. Give Matt at Heritage Digital a call, 843-699-1001. Golfers and wannabe golfers, former Gamecock golfer Meredith Taylor is now a full-time golf instructor in the Midlands of South Carolina. In-person golf lessons are held at the Country Club of Lexington. Half hour, hour, on course nine or 18 holes. And if you're outside of South Carolina, Meredith conducts virtual lessons. Just send in your golf swing for analysis. Gift cards are available for in-person one-hour lessons. Connect on Twitter at Mayor Taylor and find her online at McKellarEnterprises.org. Her email is on the website. Schedule your next lesson today with Meredith Taylor, former Gamecock golfer. (laughs) 
Hey, Gamecock fans, it's Evan Stowe from Gamecock Baseball. A couple of painters paint the show Garnet and Black every day and get the job done right at a fair cost. Go to LetMePaintSomething.com for information and an estimate. Go Cox! You heard Evan Stone, Gamecock fans, 10% off for military repeat customers or mention the show. Interior, exterior painting, fencing, cabinet staining, concrete painting, popcorn ceiling removal, and more. 803-522-6832. LetMePaintSomething.com Bet you wonder when, when you win a lot. I have my you microphone mic on. on. Yeah, there you go. go. It's you know radio show, so why not turn on the microphone? <laughs> it'll it'll all work out <laughs> one way or another. It'll Will it? <laughs> I hope so. The uh, we're say. back inside the Gamecocks. The show, second hour of the show. Mike Morgan is here. I have I don't see his face yet, but then he's gone. So we're having a little technical difficulties getting. Them. Oh, oh, just call, oh, just call us ESPN. We like to yeah. keep the talent in their uh, in their home offices. That's for, right. That's right. Yeah, you know, yeah. He is yeah, broadcasting from home as uh, as is the way things usually are at ESPN. Here he is. Yeah, Welcome we, to the show, Mike. Good to see oh, you. Oh, nope. He's in the kitchen. He just made a sandwich. He's good. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> that's right. Just just cooking up some great uh, uh, hot takes for this segment. That's what right. is and your precisely where you broadcasted I, oh, wow. the regional from, right, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I've no, got that's the home studio. The world there, Mike. The home studio's got, uh, got uh, all kinds of all kinds of goodies. In I, fact, I, to Mike's left, there to, is like a really fun porch. <laughs> to Mike's left, there's right. a fun porch. Really fun porch. Has a fun a, a fun a fun deck. But in my in my uh, home <laughs> studio backdrop. Uh, I had some people ask me. There's a an Emmy, uh, a Southeastern Sports Emmy plaque. Now we didn't win; we finished runner-up. This is when I did the SEC tournament for Comcast, and Ooh. we did a game, a semifinal game, Florida Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt was trailing the entire game. They won the game on a triple steal in the ninth. First, what year second, was this? third. It's, what year was it? 2014, yeah. I believe. Uh, the runners from first, second, third all broke at the same time. The runner from third to home was safe, and that w- w- wound up being the winning run of the ninth inning. And our whole broadcast of that was nominated for a Southeastern Emmy. Uh, Emmy. And I kept being told by our producer and director, like, there's nothing that's going to beat this. We're, we're winning the Emmy. And I couldn't go to the awards ceremony because I was doing, um, I think, a regional or something somewhere. Anyway. That was the same year Chipper Jones retired Mm. and Fox Sports South, now Bally's, Fox Sports South interviewed like the mom and the dad and the crowd and they're tearing up and it's Chipper's last. Needless to say, they won the Emmy. We finished second. (laughs) But (laughs) uh, that uh, that as they like to say, it it was just an honor to be nominated. Um, but I still have that in the in the backdrop of the. If you saw any of the uh, regional coverage, which, as you pointed out, 
numerous times. We were not there. Um, that would that would be in the background. That and like a Babe Ruth bobblehead from the Boston Braves days. Ah, wow! That's that was the a, ori- was you have the original bobblehead from from back then, don't you? It's about a hundred yes. years old or so. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's, it's in phenomenal shape considering it's over a century old. <laughs> Uh, they gave it away at a game. It's funny. They gave it away at a at a game years ago, and I was working. And but I mentioned it on air. And one of the, you know, so many people that go into TV on the uh, production side, and I and I wish, I wish they got more credit. But this young man, I think, was in the graphics department, and he shows up at a basketball game I'm working, and he says, "Mike, do you remember that time you were talking about?" the Babe Ruth Boston Braves bobblehead that you wish you could have got if you could have gone to the game. And he breaks out a box and he says, here, take it. I got it. I got one for you. I'm like, dude, nice person. (laughs) What a nice person. I barely knew this guy's name. And he just remembered that and did that for me. And um, I still have it and still display it on the uh, home studio. I, 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 JC, I, I, uh, I texted Mike on Friday or on Sunday. I think it was Sunday. Yeah, it was Sunday. The the game that got delayed, right, Mike? Was that Sunday? On that Sunday? You had that final yes. game of the okay. uh, a four hour lightning yeah. delay before <laughs> the start of the ninth inning of an elimination game in a one run <laughs> two to one game. We waited four hours and then played the ninth inning. It, it like yeah. Yeah, I, I Mike. I started. It's not funny for you, but it was funny for me. Your response because I was right. I was about to walk into Founders, and I was watching the game, and I was watching the Vandy games. It was a good game, and yeah. I texted Mike when they announced the delay. I said, "You got to be kidding me!" And he texted me back. He said, "Unreal." And I said, "Well, something about how many." Technical issues they've had with this call it from home situation, which Mike, you're not going to speak publicly on, but we certainly yeah. can. And um, and Mike's Mike texted me back. He said, "I just spent an inning without my analyst because <laughs> you had lost your analyst to weather lost somewhere. Lost them during the most controversial play of the entire event. Oh, so it's no. the reason why Vanderbilt is sitting at home right now, the number six team in the country." <laughs> a pitcher threw a ball and it was a it was a fastball and the and it came near the batter. I don't think it hit him, but he immediately faked like it did, and the umpire went along with it, and that turned out to be the winning run that knocked the Commodores out. Do you think it hit uh, him? It, I don't think it hit him. I didn't. And I have either. a good friend. I have a good friend of mine who's a, a very high ranking SEC umpire who said he couldn't believe that they didn't review it but they didn't they didn't get they reviewed god they review did everything not, else did not get reviewed and you've, oh you've got gosh. the challenge system and and in a, on a play like that they can buzz the 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 replay center in pittsburgh can buzz to say no we're going to take another look at it nobody reviewed it nobody reviewed it now it might have been it you know has to be indisputable to overturn it so they, they might have just stuck with the call on the field maybe i don't know but uh, the, the shock that that they did not review that considering this was not like a safe out call in, in the top of the third at first base. This is a the winning run scoring to knock out uh, the Commodores from their own regional. 
Never got reviewed. Was that the? Are you sick? Are you? <clears throat> I'm still recovering. I'm still okay? getting my voice. Yeah, I'm fine. I okay. I didn't. For, I I I had I had um Friday, Mike. I I woke up Friday morning in Columbia. I stayed at Michael's condo. Thursday okay. I woke up Friday morning to go to 107.5 to be on with Bill and Preston. I couldn't talk. Uh, well, it was like that good. all day. No, it's yeah. you've done this before without a voice. I've heard it. Yeah. Um, and that's not what fun. I did. I, I went back, you know, 15 years and reminded myself Mike could do it. And he, I can do it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so we, we got through it. I, it's I'm a, it's a lonely back. feeling, man, when you're trying to do broadcasting <laughs> without a voice, when you're trying to do play-by-play without a voice. I've hosted talk shows without a voice. I mean, it's it's a scary, lonely, miserable feeling. There's no doubt. Yeah, it's uh, and I'm not good enough to get through it without a voice with a voice. So without one, it's <laughs> it's it's even worse. Um, Mike, let, let's translate what you from last weekend though to to this weekend. Um, if this is once once again the, the super regionals deliver. I think you have a a nice combo of the best teams in the country with some of the hottest teams in the country um and we being a south carolina show we'll start with the gamecocks and the gators at six o'clock on on friday evening we all know what happened in the regular season that was that was really the last moment when when everybody thought well this this gamecock group might be the best team in the country Mm -hmm. they swept them Yep. Uh, we are expected to have, by the way, Coach Kingston coming up here in about a half hour on our show. So excited to talk to him about the series. But, Mike, after that, it kind of fell apart. Carolina's put it back together since. Florida's right where we thought Florida would be. And when you look at all of the matchups this weekend, where do you put this one? I think I think there are two that stand, clearly stand out, uh, Texas Stanford and Florida South Carolina. I think those two wow. um, by far and away stand out. There, there's some matchups, quite frankly, and again, they're they're all good. Postseason baseball, like you said, never disappoints. But I mean, you've got some Indiana States and some Oral Roberts and some Southern Misses in there, and they're every bit as important and, and important. And I guarantee you at least one of those is going to make it to Omaha. You know, I've told the story a number of times. 2016, the walk-off Grand Slam that I called when Cal Santa Barbara, the Gauchos, knocked off the number two national seed Louisville in their ballpark to go to Omaha. It happens. Um, and I was talking about this the other day. This is not parody. This is not other teams uh, becoming mediocre. This is the lower teams, so-called, I put that in quotation marks, the lower teams rising to the occasion. Programs now are better. And you and I have talked about this a number of times for the uh, fire everybody crowd that exists, take a look at it. Uh, how many programs are going to Omaha every year? Yeah, none. Okay. How many programs are going to Omaha every other year? None. Okay, bingo. There are a lot of people, and this applies to Clemson too. Clemson hasn't been past a regional since 2010. Okay. <laughs> they have hired and fired Two coaches, so they've had three different coaches since 2010. They've had multiple athletic directors since 2010. They've done incredible improvements to their stadium, and the fan support is still there, and the financial support is still there, and yet in 13 years, they haven't been able to get past the regionals. Is that because everybody there is an idiot? No. It's Maybe. because the <laughs> – <No, I'm kidding. laughs> Popular thing to say on a game show, right? 
Maybe yeah. maybe one or two of them were idiots, right? I mean, you don't know. Just kidding. Yeah, yeah. Everybody was an idiot. Got to know your audience uh, around every, here, Mike. Yeah, I, I got you. All right, they're all idiots. No, I mean, my point is, because I'm going to bring this back to Carolina in a second. That's why I bring yeah. up Clemson on a, on a Game Time sure. podcast. Uh, because Clemson is another case, and I've seen it with Texas. And I've seen it with Florida State. We didn't even make the tournament this year. Uh, and I've seen it with LSU. And Paul Maneri, don't believe everything you read. Paul Maneri just didn't wake up one morning and decided, I want to retire. Okay? LSU fans wanted them out. And because they feel like they should be winning national championships on the regular. They should be in Omaha every year. And if not, they should be in Omaha at bare minimum every other year. And guess what? They weren't. And neither was Texas, and neither was Florida State, and neither was Miami, and neither was Carolina and Clemson. And and I say this with all due respect. Uh, the, the fans have to realize just how hard it is to get to a Super Regional and to get to Omaha. And just because you don't get there doesn't mean everybody's an idiot. Doesn't mean your AD's an idiot. Doesn't mean your head coaches are all bad. Doesn't mean that. Uh, all the players stink. It just means it's harder to do those things now than it ever was. I was around for the 0204 stretch. Those are great teams led by a Hall of Fame coach, but there was less competition. 2010 to 2012, again, great team, same great coach. It's harder today to do that than it was then. And even when you have a run like that and you feel like, oh, yeah, we've cracked the code and we're going to do this just about as much as anybody possibly can, what you realize is, oh, no, wait a minute. Everybody else has gotten better, and we don't necessarily have the same collection of guys. And arm injuries, which are the most unpredictable injuries of any sport and the most impactful, they happen, they come and go, they hit every program at whatever time they see fit. And so if you think you're going to be that program that's going to go to Omaha every year or every other year, 99.9% 99.9% chance you're flat out wrong. And then you got to ask yourself, well, should we just keep cycling coaches and firing everybody and doing it that way? Georgia tried that. Dave Perno took him to Omaha three years, was one win away from a national championship, got upset by Fresno State in 2008. They fired Dave Perno. An alum, a player, assistant coach on their national championship team in 1990, they fired him. They haven't done anything since. Jack squat and they are now they just they just hired the LSU pitching coach they just fired coach Strickland and they fired uh, they hired Wes Johnson again it's just a, a roundabout way of saying to put it in perspective I've done this a long time and I've covered college baseball there in the state of South Carolina where I was privileged to to call 10 great years of, of Gamecock baseball some of my best moments behind a mic are still calling Carolina wins in the sport of college baseball, and I've called it nationally now for longer than a decade, and I've seen the changes and the transformations in the sport, and I just know how hard it is. So when I, it's okay to be disappointed, like when you don't make it to the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I mean that's South Carolina and Clemson should be there the overwhelming majority of times. There's no question about that. But when you're getting irate about not getting to Omaha more consistently or not getting to more supers, I would just tell you it's okay to do that, but look at the rest of the landscape. And there's very few programs that are doing it 
to the level of what the dynasties, what of what when we were growing up and we were watching those programs, it seemed invincible. That's not happening at the same rate. Well, <clears throat> I mean, you you look at great programs and they all have stretches. I mean, South Carolina was there six of eleven years in Omaha. Right. Um, I think I, I will say this in defense of uh, a lot of the people in the Gamecocks fan base. I, I think that making the postseason every year is something that that they expect, and and I understand that. I get, I get that. that. I do. That's too. A, that's a good goal to have. It's not going to happen every year, but I think it it has and will happen the majority. It, right, it should because you you know you have everything here, I, and and I think you mentioned Clemson, Mike. You you carry that even further. That's a that's a conversation that you have in the now. But fast forward yourselves, and let's say you have been in the postseason every single year, and you never get out of a regional. Mm-hmm. Then then all of a sudden those expectations that that conversation evolves quickly, doesn't it? They go, yep. well, we we should be getting past a regional more often than not. And I don't blame Clemson, Clemson fans for saying that too. Carolina yep. actually has been in six super regionals since Clemson was last in one. That's right. Chad had two, right? Uh, correct. Chad yeah. Three. And Chad no, had two, three. Two. two. No, two, two, two. Two. And, and King has had two. Yeah, so Tanner, Chad, Chad had two, and King. Yeah. King had two. And Ray Tanner, who, you know, when didn't when he didn't make Omaha 05 through 09, there was some buzz out there. You had an athletic director in Eric Hyman that – uh, was doing what he could to entertain the thought of bringing in a new coach, uh, a story that probably went under the radar during that time stretch, but uh, is is certainly something that was happening. Um, there, there was, a, in addition to Eric wanting to get rid of the SC logo, he clearly wanted to put his own imprints on a sport that, quite frankly, he didn't know a lot about. And so if you would have fired Ray Tanner after – I don't know. Oh, eight, nine. They wanted to in Oh nine. Yep. Uh, I'm aware. Uh, it goes even before that. <laughs> yeah. It goes even before that. Um, <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so if you did that, you would have fired a hall of fame coach that brought you six Omaha's and two national championships. That would have been a, a brilliant idea. Um, so yeah, you can keep just kind of hitting the reset button, but it doesn't always guarantee a different result. We all love Monty Lee and all respect him. I think Monty Lee is a, is a terrific coach, and he took College of Charleston to a Super Regional. So how come you couldn't get Clemson to a Super Regional, right? So what happens? They they fire him. Um, and Eric Backage is a is a terrific coach. I know, have no doubt he'll have success, but they just got bounced at home in a regional. It it happens. The unpredictability of baseball now in the postseason has never been this high. It just hasn't. So. While certainly a Carolina has a more of a commitment to the sport than say, uh, I'm going to be careful who I who I choose out of this hat. Can, Boston can I, College. Okay, you can pick one. Go ahead. No, that's, that's good. You're okay, good. so let's just say let's just say they have a greater financial commitment. Their fans support the sport better, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, Kentucky's got a brand new ballpark, and and all of a sudden. They're in a super like, you know, the the relevance now. I remember what Vanderbilt was before Tim Corbin. It was I mean, it was a joke in, in baseball. Um, they didn't value the sport that much. And uh, clearly that has changed dramatically. Alabama got a new ballpark five years ago. But Alabama, Alabama hasn't been to a World Series since 1999. 
Yeah, Alabama has not been a World Series since 1999. I mean, you think it's because they're not trying? You think it's because they don't care? You think it's because they're not they're, like they're being cheap when they hire people? That none of that's true. They just haven't been good. Uh, they, <clears throat> yeah, they, they don't have that tradition. Uh, they, they 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 were pretty good in the 90s. Alabama was at baseball. They sure. went to three Omahas in four years in the 90s. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like they had their yeah. Well, I mean, you mentioned like Georgia men's, yeah. But Georgia, every this is supposed to be Georgia's year, right? It used to be. Remember that every other year? No, it was the, it was the even years. It was the even That's years. Right. Remember that every even year, Georgia made it. Yeah, four oh six oh eight. Georgia made it to Omaha. Yeah, after well, he called five in a row in 06. So. That's right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> here's what's interesting about Georgia, and, and you would think, okay, it's Georgia. There's Probably more baseball players in that state than I mean you you got insane amount of youth baseball. It's Cobb nuts. County. You can field an <laughs> Omaha team just recruiting Cobb County. Absolutely, but I can't believe. See, I, I, yeah, absolutely. I think that's what they expect. But because see, uh, yeah, in baseball, the other thing, people understand the scholarship situation in college baseball either. It's eleven point seven. Uh, you know, so NIL now becomes huge because these kids right. are trying to get full scholarships and they have academic money and stuff like that. In the state of Georgia, and I read this after Strickland got fired, I guess it was in the AJC, uh, you would think Georgia would be all in on a great championship-level dog baseball. Woo, woo, right? Considering their location. It's just like football. They're loaded. But they just now are getting the facilities in order, uh, the, the student-athlete-facing uh, facilities, the locker rooms, the clubhouse, things like that. And I didn't know this, like a lot of college baseball parents, most of them, I know at South Carolina they do this, they waive out-of-state out of tuition for out-of-state players, okay? Uh, so you don't have that financial burden. Georgia does not do that. And so they're almost saying to whoever, you know, whoever got the job, the LSU pitching coach, Dave Perno, whoever, look, you either recruit Georgia or you don't. <laughs> and, and and you should have enough there. And I think anytime you limit a program like that and you're not doing things that your competitors are doing, uh, especially in this league, you're, you're going to fall behind and, it, and it's going to be a head scratcher on the surface. But when you dig in, you're like, well, they're, you know, that explains it, that they really want to win in baseball at Georgia. Well, I, I think they do. I'm just thinking it hadn't worked out. I mean, they look at this this league. I mean, Arkansas just got bounced. Vanderbilt got bounced. Coach Kingston made an unbelievable comment again last week. He he brings us up a lot. He's dead on. The last two national champions didn't even make the SEC tournament this year. That's right. That's right. It's crazy. With yeah, and as he's pointed out, he knows. It. Yeah, go ahead, Mike. Sorry. Well, I was going to say that's my point. The volatility of the sport now is much greater than it was. It it yeah. just is, and so. You might have the shiniest stadium. Uh, there's no better ballpark than what Mississippi State has. They had no pitching, and so they got bombed every game, <laughs> and they wound up watching the SEC tournament on television, uh, or they just went fishing. My guess is they probably didn't watch a lot of it at all. <laughs> um, it, it, that's that's just the nature of the beast right now. And um, look, I I think that. Gamecock baseball is always going to be special. And I'll say this for, for Gamecock fans that are making the trip to Gainesville, you'll be reminded how special the environment is at Founders Park. It's just different. You're right. The, the, Florida baseball, if it's not Florida State or Miami that's wearing the other uniforms, they don't 
they don't get to the same level of energy and intensity and it, it's just a different vibe and look some of that is the schools like like uh, Florida and Gainesville you know Gainesville's a smaller city and the metro the, the bigger cities are a couple hours away and a lot of fans aren't going to drive two hours to see a baseball game when they can watch it on TV um, now that doesn't stop Mississippi State from doing it but it, it does help to live in a mid-sized city of over half a million people in the case of Baton Rouge, Columbia, Knoxville, Nashville. Um, these schools all have an advantage in that fans can just go ahead and go every day to the ballpark for a three-game, four-game series and and not have to, like, you know, spend an arm and a leg and, and uh, you know, get hotels necessarily and all that other good stuff. So – you're you're not going to see the same level. Like the crowd will be good, I'm sure. I hope it is. I hope I hope there's a great environment in all these super regionals. But when when Carolina is good, it, that is truly one of the best environments. I'm not just saying that because of my time there. It is one of the top five atmospheres in all of college baseball. And I can tell you, on the TV side, we all know that. Because that's one of the things we want. We we want that crowd noise and we want that electric atmosphere. So uh, it's never a hard sell when, when the Gamecocks are good to do Gamecock games at a, on a high platform. Because you know that going in, like South Carolina fans are not going to disappoint in numbers and they're not going to disappoint in their overall uh, intensity. And that really goes across the board. That's in football. Uh, and that's that's in men's basketball and that's in women's basketball. Like it, it, the verdict is out. Gamecock fans crush it when the team is good. Now, when it's not good, it's like most other programs: empty seats, ambivalence, fire this, fire that. Like that's just the nature of the beast. But the 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 crowds that you're going to see this weekend, LSU is going to be lit. Yeah, Founders Park. Excuse me. Um, uh, no, I just forgot my. Oh, well, my I was going to say Southern Miss. Southern, Southern Miss, Miss will be great. Southern Miss will be great. Yeah, Southern yeah. Miss is like a Louisiana Lafayette. Like they they are a smaller school, but they love them some baseball, and they will appreciate. By the way, Coach Barry is outstanding, and he's yep. um he's going to retire, which is a little bit surprising, but um but that's been a sleep, and they've made it to Omaha already once, and they've made it to several supers and. That's a really good. Uh, Wait, they program. were there when South Carolina was there, weren't they? In the twenty, in twenty ten or twenty eleven, it's possible. I can't I think, remember for sure. I think that's when it was. That, that's a Google. That's a Google. Yeah. Phil's all over. TCU will get out and have a good. TCU will have a good crowd. Virginia will have a TCU. TCU. I know Virginia. TCU will have a good crowd. Virginia. I mean, I was there for the regional in 06. Wasn't. Yeah, it's okay. It's all right, but it's not. The South Carolinas, the the uh, uh, LSU's, the Arkansas Mississippi schools, yeah. Arkansas is outstanding. I hate to see that they're not going to be able to host at Baum Stadium. Um, the with Florida State when they're right, Tallahassee's a heck of a. I had a super there, twenty thirteen. It was ridiculous. Kyle Schwarber hit a ball, still hasn't landed. Indiana upset him. Um, mm. Yeah, I mean, there, there there's like a handful. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that other than oh nine. Gonna, by the way. It, it, yeah, it was oh nine. Oh nine, okay. <laughs> but LSU won it. You're gonna notice a difference. Like the the new park in Gainesville, which is a nice park. It's a nice yard. 
but it's not that I don't think the vibe is going to be the same as it is in Columbia. Um, but it'll be a, again, it'll be a terrific, that's a really good Florida team. Caglione is a super stud. He's one of the best two way players we've seen come through the league in a long, long time. They always have great pitching under Kevin O'Sullivan. I think that has a chance to be a sensational super regional. I really do. Mike, last year the the overall number one seed were, were the Tennessee Vols, and they didn't make it to Omaha. Yep. How would you compare and contrast this year's Wake team versus last year's Vols team? They've got Bama coming to town. Wake is loaded. Um, I don't know if there is talent. T- that Tennessee team last year, it's so easy to forget because they didn't they didn't finish the deal. They didn't get to Omaha. Uh, but they were absolutely stockpiled with talent. You had people like Kyle Peterson calling it the most talented team in the history of college baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there, there were other people that shared that sentiment. They were absolutely loaded. So I don't know if Wake's quite that talented, but they're very talented. They're not a fluke. The way it's come together, you know, the, Wake Forest is not putting together top five recruiting classes, but they had guys that uh, hung around, and all of a sudden, before you know it, you look up there and, they're outstanding on the mound and they're outstanding at the plate. They've got a staff ERA, which is ridiculous. And they've got power, which is ridiculous. And that's unusual. That's not what we see at a wake forest a lot of times, but they've got it. And for those that were wondering, well, are they, they going to get kind of stage fright in the regional? Nope. They killed everybody. Killed yeah. them. One of the biggest blowouts, one of the most lopsided regionals of all time. So uh, I don't think they're Tennessee good, but I think they're awfully good. Uh, you know, I was watching the Duke uh, game yesterday. Speaking of blowouts, they blew out Coastal. Um, I can't remember who called the game, but one of them on – or actually, I don't think it was – I think it was Berkey and, on squeeze play. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it was Chris who mentioned – which I, I put a lot of stock in the things that he says. And mm-hmm. um, and he mentioned he thought that Duke's bullpen was as good as any bullpen in college baseball. I'm not sure how much you've seen at the Blue Devils this year, but – if you if you have seen a little bit of them, would you agree or disagree with that? Yeah, I had them in the super. Well, here's the so I followed them around a few years ago at Georgia in the regional where they upset and they had Griffin Conine, Jeff Conine's son, who just went nuts. Yeah, and then and then they went to a super and forced a game three at Texas Tech. That might be the hottest super regional I've ever been to. Good lord, Lubbock Heat. <laughs> <laughs> that is a different kind of heat, and I've I've been I've been all around, and I've had South Carolina heat, and I've had Florida heat, and I've had Georgia heat, but Texas Tech in June, woo! Um, <laughs> West but, Texas board, yeah, man. Uh, you might just throw some cactuses out there in the outfield, or is it cacti? I don't know. Anyway, um, look, where I was going with Coach Pollard. Yeah. So I haven't seen much of Duke. I can't name for you a handful of players on Duke, but I know that he is just different. And he reminds me of the West Coast coaches of old. Um, and I say of old because, like, I just had Oregon upsetting Vanderbilt and, and winning that regional, and Oregon yeah. is not a West Coast team anymore. What do I mean by that? They didn't move the, the, the campus. They have set school <laughs> records for home runs the last three years. They got a bunch of power. So the old days where West Coast teams would just play small ball and would bunt runners over and would do all the little things and win games three to two, it would just be a real pest for teams like the Gamecocks, quite frankly, and others. 
That's not West Coast baseball anymore for a lot of those programs. They want to play like SEC teams do. They want to hit the ball out of the yard. And um, that's what Oregon does. But for, for Duke, Pollard reminds me of that kind of mentality. And I don't know with the action clock now if he's able to stall. I, I, I say stall, but the games that we did, when there was a runner on base, I mean, you could expect all these throws to first. You could have had somebody with the, the speed of a cement truck on the bag with a three-inch lead, and you were still he was going to draw a half a dozen throws to first. And, and that's, that was part of the mentality, the psychology. A lot of West Coast teams used to do that, take you out of your game, uh, make you kind of impatient. So I don't know if they still play exactly like that, but that was part of what Duke did so well under Coach Pollard. He, he's, he's a different cat. Very psychological, very uh, cerebral in what he does. Not a rah-rah guy per se, but he's done an outstanding job with that program. Phil, did you jot that down, by the way? The Oregon is still in Oregon comment. Yeah, I checked. It's still in Eugene. Yeah, that's right. I I had to Google it just to double-check, but yeah, no, it's still there. It's still We can confirm that. We can confirm that. Can confirm. Go to to print with that. Okay, so (laughs) you can. The the winner of Duke and Virginia gets the winner of South Carolina, Florida, and Omaha. There you go. Right. Right. Uh, That is noteworthy information on the Blue Devils. Yeah, that's noteworthy. It's high-quality H2O is what they call it. JC, yeah, uh, Mike, this is the segment of the uh, of the program where uh, everybody in the country does the eight for Omaha. Do you have eight for Omaha? Oh gosh, no! And even if I did, it doesn't matter. It's just like, I, but you're not like Kendall and the boys. They have eight for Omaha in no, September. No, <laughs> and, you know the the probability win rate uh, for Vanderbilt winning the regional I just called was like nine. And they're watching at home, um, and got knocked out by Xavier in an elimination game. Yeah. You just you don't know. It's they're completely unpredictable, as I've said. It's all about winning game one for me. And Absolutely. So if you want me to really look smart, tell me who won game one in all eight, and I'll and my winning percentage will be really good. Probably be about eighty five percent. But no, I, I I don't. I always I, I know who the most talented teams are. Mm-hmm. I know who they are. You know. Florida is one of them. LSU has the top pitcher and the top hitter in the draft coming up out of college. They're one of them. Does that mean either one of them are going to go to Omaha? Don't know. It's not always the most talented team that wins. I, I'll I'll throw in a couple of little nuggets for you here. Number one, okay. I'm not saying that they have in any way, shape, or form played a schedule like any of the other teams that are in this tournament. But Oral Roberts has not lost since April the 22nd. Yeah. And let me remind people, it is June the 6th. Mm-hmm. So it's been a while, and that is that is dangerous this time of year. Also could yep. be due, but that's dangerous. Uh, number two, this this one, Mike, I don't know how much money is in your bank account, but you can take every penny and put it on what I'm about to say. There okay. will be two SEC teams in Omaha this year, at least. Yeah, because there has to be. I got it. <laughs> oh, son of a You got me. Because LSU's playing Kentucky and Carolina's <laughs> playing Florida. Yes, I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I did a lot of research on this. I wonder if Vegas noticed that. I think it's a pretty interesting series, LSU and Kentucky, because earlier this year, man, I don't know if you guys saw it. Other way. Kentucky Kentucky beat them. Kentucky's at LSU. Yeah, Kentucky at LSU. But – Kentucky beat them down there during the regular season. And then the next day, LSU, the kid got up and knocked a home run and just 
really said some, said a horrible thing to the pitcher. <laughs> Just mouthed it. You can see it right on TV. It started with an F, and the next word started with a P. And then there was another F and then a Y-O-U. <laughs> and that, that thing got – I was like, that's interesting right there. That's what, so that'll that's get a, you, That'll get you ejected in these supers. Just yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. You better be careful. But that was – I was like, wow, you know. But uh, Kentucky uh, battled them pretty good Zero earlier this year down there. So that, I think that'll be an interesting uh, interesting series. It should be. Yeah, it certainly it certainly could be. Look, when, when you've got rematches of two teams in the same conference meeting in a super – what happened in the regular season means nothing. It just it means zero zilch. So um again, if you're talking about handicapping these things, it's it's extremely difficult. It really it really is to to handicap what's gonna happen in the super because everybody I mean you mentioned Oral Roberts, you know, their RPI is terrible because they play in the summit league, but that doesn't mean they're not good. And they always take on powerful teams out of conference. Uh, and it's not unlike them to upset teams like Arkansas and, you know, in the month of February and nobody pays attention to baseball in February. So don't, you don't think about it, but if you've gotten to this point, you're really good. And unlike a regional where pitching depth, if you lose that first game can kill you, there is no, it's, a, it's just a regular series. So if you have an advantage in pitching depth, it's not quite as glaring as it would be in a regional. It, you can get by with having one ace, another starter who's good, and maybe a third that's like an innings eater, and then give me three good arms in the bullpen, and I can win a super for you. I can, I can win a super with that. I don't have to have 15 great arms. If I've got a handful of guys that have been uh, consistently good for me all season long and know what it's like to pitch in big moments and have a slow heartbeat and all that other good stuff, then – then I can win a super regional against a more talented team. I'll say this: I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and make a prediction that even though Oral Roberts is rolling right now, um, I think Oregon. I think this is their year to break break through, Mike. And, and you you broadcasted yeah. their games. I mean, people. A lot of people may not know this story about Oregon. Uh, I think they got a little butt chap that Oregon State was winning national championships in 06 yes. and 07. Oregon yeah. didn't have a baseball program. They shut it down from 81 to 09. That's right. Phil Knight That's gets right. involved. I've seen their I, – I, I saw Oregon and Oregon State Stadium, I guess, about 10 years ago, back-to-back. There's no comparison. Oregon looks like a mini Founders Park. Oregon State <laughs> looks like an erector set that, like, people just, like, stacking <laughs> bleachers and wood and crap. And they got, like, the Chico's Bell Bond sign out in the, out in the outfield. Right. Uh, is they got mad. They wouldn't hire George Horton from Fullerton State uh, to get that thing started. And, uh, you know, they've never been to Omaha. And yeah. uh, they it is a success story, though, uh, that they've gotten it rolling. And um, so I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to think the Ducks and their flashy uniforms uh, make, make an appearance in Omaha. For, they, they, I, I would, think I would say a breakthrough. I, I think it's their breakthrough. Yeah. By the way, they went to Omaha in 54. Maybe you, you oh, yeah. remember that team, JC. But they went to Omaha in '54, and like you said, um, it's a great story. They, they, I mean, they don't put this in the game notes, but Title IX is the reason why baseball got cut at a lot of programs across America, mm-hmm. right? So that happened yeah. in the early '80s, and then they're they're watching Oregon State win back to back Natties, and they're thinking, why the hell do we not have a baseball team? We're 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 Oregon. We're in the PAC conference. Quiet, we got Phil Knight money, and we're not playing baseball. The hell with that. 
and they launched it, and it took two years to get to their first regional. And they've been there more than that. Now, since they redid the uh, the Redux of their program, oh, that's, that's actually a pun, isn't it? Redux. Wow. D-U-C-K-S. See what you did there. I that didn't even mean to do that. Sometimes they just rain upon you. <laughs> you guys inspire me. It's this type of creativity I only get on the Inside the Gamecock show. Um, yeah. But they 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 do the redux and they've been to one super regional out of eight. So they've had a problem getting out of regionals. Now they 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 get over that hump. And yeah, I I would certainly make them the favorite in that. They're a terrific story too in that they were decimated by they lost their top starter, their second top starter, their closer, their other starter. They basically what they do, they've got a couple of average average starting pitchers. And then they've got a bullpen that's like five, six deep, and they mix and match. Okay? Wow. So my starter, if I get more than three innings, I'm happy. But what I'm going to do for the fourth, fifth inning on, I'm going to throw this guy an inning, that guy two innings, this guy an inning. And when you only throw guys an inning, guess what? They're fresh for the next day. You haven't burned the arm. So that's what they've done all season long. It's unlike any other team that you're going to see in this Super Regional. They don't have a rotation of like a, a guy with an ERA of under, I don't know, five and a half. Wow. Um, they've lost all their top arms from a starting situation are gone. They're, they're on the shelf. So they are truly a bullpen team that has to win bullpen games. And they got a pretty uh, formidable lineup that right now is swinging a good bat. Hot at the right time. 11 wins uh, in their last 20 or so days. Uh, Mike, and uh, just mm-hmm. less than three weeks ago, they only had 29 wins on the season, but they now have 40. So we'll have our eyes on the Ducks. They could be the Big 12 champions in a couple of years. They, yeah, they could. That's oh, right. who you said know? that? <laughs> or, the AC, or the ACC, for that matter, you know? We talked to their coach, by the way, Wazikowski, about that. I asked him point blank. I was like, what What do you make of it? He's like, man, I'm, I'll be honest with you, it's upsetting. He's like, I, I've I, I don't know what this is going to ha- turn into. Uh, yeah. we, we don't know. All we can do is control us. But imagine that. Like, your program is on the uptick. You just win the Pac-12 ch- championship. You're in a super regional for the first time in 11 years. And you don't know tw- 12 months from now, 24 months from now, what conference you're going to call home. That's the situation for some of those teams out west. Mike, we've got to leave it there. We've got to hit a quick timeout and get to Coach Kingston, but uh, certainly always enjoy having you and certainly your perspective on, uh, well, everything, but this time of the hey. year on college baseball. I uh, appreciate it. I love joining you guys, and uh, congratulations to Coach King, and really uh, congratulations to that fan base. I, I, I think I meant what I said about it's as good as it gets, when the team and the program are going well, I understand the frustration. I don't always like all the fire, this guy, fire, that guy talk, but I do think Gamecock baseball fans, what they've invested in the sport, they deserve these kind of moments. And I'm glad to see they've gotten to a super. There's only 16 teams. I can claim that. And, and they're one of them. Um, it's, it's a phenomenal opportunity and I'm happy for that fan base that they get to, to enjoy it. So best of luck to, uh, to Mark Kingston and that group. They certainly enjoyed it uh, at Founders this weekend. About 25,000 showed up in three games to watch Carolina play baseball. So that was pretty pretty neat to see. Uh, have, enjoy it. Enjoy the Supers this right, weekend. We, we know you will. We'll see you soon. You got it. Okay, take care, guys. There you go. Mike Morgan. Thanks,
uh, here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show. We are powered by Electric Bikes of Charleston. We will hit a timeout when we return. We're expecting the head coach of Carolina baseball, Mark Kingston, right here on Inside the Gamecocks. What's up, Gamecock fans? This is Pitcher Noah Hall. If you want some delicious food for your event, I suggest visiting nanasports.com today to find out what they all have to offer. It's really good southern cuisine based out of Charlotte, my hometown. I hope you guys go check it out. Go Cox and go Nanas. Are you looking to buy a new home? Kevin O'Connell with Union Home Mortgage is a local mortgage expert and Gamecocks fan servicing North and South Carolina. Whether you're buying a home, building your dream home with new construction, or turning your equity into cash, UHM's world-class service will ensure you find the perfect mortgage to achieve your home ownership goals. Call Kevin at 803-906-0244 or visit UHM.com today. Union Home Mortgage is an equal housing lender. NMLS 2229 LONMLS 1772182 Electric Bikes of Charleston offers the most fun you'll ever have on two wheels. The home of Oventon, Velotric, Magnum Bikes, and more, they sell to consumers all across the state and offer outstanding warranties and service after the sale. Their electric bikes are equipped with five levels of pedal assist plus a throttle so you can ride longer, handle the heat better, but still get great exercise. Bikes are available for all ages and sizes. Visit electricbikescharleston.com or stop into their store in Mount Pleasant if you're in the low country. Electric Bikes of Charleston, powering inside the Gamecocks, the show. Hey everyone, this is Jack Mahoney from Gamecock Baseball and inside the Gamecocks, the show is teed up every day by TravelingCountryClub.com. So if you all love golf, make sure you guys go check out their awesome membership options and go Cox. Welcome to TravelingCountryClub.com, your modern golf club experience. Hey folks, this is Michael Manis, former Gamecock golfer, inviting you to play more golf with a membership to TravelingCountryClub.com. With over 40 courses across the Carolinas, our membership provides you with an affordable way to enjoy a club-like golf experience. From the mountains to the coast, we offer golf courses that will challenge all types of golfers, no matter your handicap level or level of play. Plus, we offer unique membership benefits not seen anywhere else as part of Traveling Country Club. In July, we're excited to bring you the third annual Plunder on Polly's two-day golf tournament with rounds played at Caledonia and True Blue Golf Courses in the heart of Polly's Island. Head to TravelingCountryClub.com to register for that event. And it is not exclusive to TCC members, but to become one, you can sign up and bring to life your golf game. See it up with Traveling Country Club, TravelingCountryClub.com, TravelingCountryClub.com, proud partners of Inside the Gamecocks, the show. This is Zachary Davis from Carolina Hoops, and you're watching the show with JB, JC, and Phil. Go Cox. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are live now with South Carolina baseball coach Mark Kingston. There he is. <laughs> What's up, man? Gentlemen, how are you? The gun oh, show. Got the gun, gun show. show right. You had that all year, man. I, I like it. The gun show. You got the gun, the, the arms, the gun show going. Yeah, that's uh, all year, man. I've noticed that. It's uh, uh, it's been uh. Yeah, quite impressive, along with your team. Congratulations, by the way, giving it to the Super Regionals. I appreciate it. The key to that, just so you guys know, is just to wear one small, uh, one size smaller than what you really need. So that's the media you can throw on there. Well, you got to look the part when you're standing next to those umps who look like they do nothing but in their off-time pickup weights. Yeah, no doubt. They make me look tiny. (laughs) Well, 
I'm sure some of them weren't thrilled with you having to come out and talk to them this year, a couple of the things <laughs> we saw, but uh, we'll leave that for another day. You're in the right. Supers, Coach. What a great weekend for you guys. Describe it for us. Congratulations. Well, I appreciate that, guys. Look, everything that we wanted to happen, happened. We pitched at a very high level. Uh, our bats came alive. We got the guys healthy that we needed to get healthy. Uh, and, look, we just we did everything at a, an extremely high level. Um, and that's what we were hoping it would all come together at just the right time. Uh, as I said in the press conference, we, we had to sacrifice some battles to hopefully be able to win a war. And, uh, and, and again, some, it's great when a plan comes together because it certainly did this weekend. Yeah, your, your pitching uh, staff was, was once again really good. Uh, are, it's very interesting for you this, this time of year, this go around. A lot of guys feel like they're going to have everything settled by June. You're kind of there, but you just have a lot of options. So seemingly it, look, it looks like you kind of evaluate it week in and week out. Is that the plan this week going into Florida once again? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, all the roles now can kind of morph into different roles if, if necessary. You know, I, I really like the look of Will Sanders coming out of the bullpen twice in dominant fashion. So that's obviously something we could we could stick with or we could potentially use him in a starting role uh, because he's feeling great right now. Um, Hicks has been great as a starter. Mahoney's been great as a starter. Becker and Jones have both had their moments of being really, really good. So we'll have to look at the matchups. We'll have to look at uh, what type of success the guys that we could use have had against Florida and their hitters. And so we're just, again, trying to put together a plan that gives us our best chance of success. Nothing, nothing guarantees it, but we'll have a well-thought-out plan and, and, and reasons for every, everything we do in terms of our pitching. How much does the series and the regular season play into this weekend? Not much. Not much. We're a different team. I was watching some videos uh, from when we played them, and there were probably three or four guys that were even playing for us at that time that that are are probably going to be role players for us this weekend. Uh, They're a different team. We're a different team. It's going to be in a different venue. Uh, So there's not a whole lot other than that just we'll know the names. And when Caglione walks to the plate, our guys know who it is and Langford and all those guys like – They've got superstars. We know that. So uh, I think at the end of the day, it's going to be who plays better baseball this weekend. These are two, I heard Chris Burke say it last night, it's two Omaha teams that are going to be playing outside of Omaha. Um, I don't think there's any question, again, at this point now that we're back. We're one of the best eight teams in the country. That's pretty clear. But so is Florida. So you're going to have two Omaha teams trying to get to Omaha. You know, Something that um, that is watching those games this weekend. You, you mentioned last week you might have a few tricks up your sleeve, and you didn't lie. Uh, Will McGillis was in there leading off all weekend, and he had an outstanding return to the lineup. Um, it, I I, I want to ask you though, as a coach, because sometimes it's not as much as just plugging Will McGillis in, and he goes out there and has seven or eight hits, and yeah, that's great. But can you kind of speak to it just from the, a mental standpoint with your group? Just that feeling, once again, of feeling kind of whole and complete, just the comfort of having Wimmer back at short, McGillis back in the leadoff spot, even if they're not producing three and four and five combined hits a game. The fact that they're in there, it seems like it takes pressure off a lot of those other guys. Yeah, it sure does. Again, I, I like to speak in analogies sometimes, and the best analogy I can give you is that you got a really nice car that you're in love with, but it, it, it got a couple flat tires, it, the, the, in, the inside of it needed a lot of vacuuming, and and you needed to clean the outside and there was a crack in the windshield and you got it, you got it all fixed. 
And when you get it all back from the shop and it feels brand new again, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, this is nice. <laughs> and that's how it felt rolling that team out there again, to, you know, because it just felt like, man, we're, we're taking so many great at-bats. There's no off innings. And, man, we're making so many great defensive plays and we're covering the field much more than we had been. And pitching-wise, we're, we're putting guys in spots that they can be successful. It just felt like you had your new car back. And it just, again, it was, it was one weekend, so we're not going to – I don't think they're going to – plan the parade down you know on main street yet but it sure felt good to have our team rocking and rolling again coach last year okay and we told you at the beginning of the season and you said four times during that interview we have to stay healthy we have to stay healthy we have to stay healthy last year that was one of the toughest injury years i think any coach anywhere has had ever uh, especially with the pitching staff <clears throat> So you go into this year, you start 34 and six, then it starts to add up on you this year. Mm-hmm. Now, some people, it's human nature, would have just said, I'm cursed. That's that's it. You know, you never got you, you never went there. You, you were like sort of steady, and your team was steady, and you're just like, it's gonna get be okay. We're gonna get these guys back, we're gonna be okay in the end. Uh, I think that's you know, to, from the outside looking in, that's leadership. And and that's kind of uh I, I think helped with, with the success this past weekend. What can you say about kind of how you set the tone during those rocky moments uh, and kept your team up and believing and uh, that, that things would get better? Because, I mean, it, you know, it, it got tough there for a while. Yeah, well, I noticed you said sort of steady, so I, I must have had a few moments that didn't look quite so steady. Uh, yeah, maybe. Here's one of those. You did get run out of a ball game earlier, Coach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Everything is strategic, guys. Everything is strategic. That's right. Uh, you know, at the end of the day, that you hear it all the time, teams will take on the personality of their coach. And so I think if you want your team to stay steady and stay in the fight and not give in and not give up and not show bad body language, then as a head coach, you better be willing to do it yourself. And you better believe it, you know, yep. because kids can see right through you. Um, and I really did truly believe that our struggles would go away if we could get back to our, our normal team. I just I believed it. And so I I wasn't going to let the ship sink, knowing what could be waiting for us if we were tough enough mentally uh, to to weather the storm. And we've used that phrase a bunch, but it's what it really is. And look, leadership, head coaching is is much more about leadership than it is about X's and O's. And and look, you got to have great recruiting going on. Um, You have to have a really good hitting coach and a really good pitching coach to develop your guys. And then the head coach has to set the tone for the program in terms of communication and what's our identity and how are we going to act and and all those things and so you know when you go through struggles I think that's when you really really get to find out about people about teams everybody's great when it's going smooth you know but I think you can really define people and teams by how do they handle how do they handle uh, the tough times and so I'd like to think that people on the outside say damn that team went through a, a really rough patch that really rough month but damn, they handled it really well, and now they're they're getting rewarded for it. Well, you you were rewarded with a national seed. I, I think it was the Campbell game on uh, Sunday in the midst of that flurry of hits, and and Monty slapped you on the arm and and fist pounded you. It might have been after Casas poked one in the right field. What was what was he so excited about there? You know, I just think it was, hey, you know, our plan is coming together. That's what it was. Because as a coach, you take a lot of pride in the relationships with your players. And you take a lot of pride in, in trying to have an impact on what is going on and in, in, in their success. And, you know, I talked about it. We immediately when we got on the bus leaving Hoover, 
you know, Monty and I, he sits on the front left. I sit on the front right of the bus and we just put our heads together and put together a plan. And that started minutes after we got on the bus. And then when to watch it all come to fruition after a week of preparation and working hard, you know, with the guys to see them have that kind of success. Look, that's that's what really gives you that those great feelings as a coach, you know. And so we kind of looked at each other and kind of winked and said, man, you know what? It's coming together. And so it's a really good feeling. Everybody feels good this week, injury-wise, and all the guys that are there, they all feel good and ready to go. Knock on wood. Yeah, knock on wood. You know, we didn't come out of there totally unscathed. We had a couple guys, that, you know, just little minor tweaks, but I think you'll see the same lineup roll out there on Friday at 6 o'clock that, that you saw this weekend. Did anybody ever find Petrie's home run ball, or did that kill a guy on the bridge like the rumor is? Well, I think they looked at video, and I think the ball actually disappeared. Um, and they, it was not it was not findable. No, that ball was hammered. How, my final one for you, Coach. We know he had like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean he, if it wasn't for that nick of the railing up there, he he would have hit somebody on the bridge. He would have caused a wreck. Um, how would you describe Founders Park this past weekend? Electric. And it was great. It really was. And and I said it, I just really appreciate it. that's a lot of people that stuck with us, you know, that, that showed up there for this weekend. And I, I, I'm, I really wish we could be hosting this super regional, um, you know, and, and having the next two games here in Founders Park, because this weekend was great. It was, we, it was just for so many reasons. It was great for our kids to see it. It was great for recruits to see it. It was great to get a taste of what it's like, you know, um, winning big games in Founders Park in June. So, so many great things. And I thank all the people that were there and that have stuck with us to this point. And now hopefully we can win two, at least two more games and, and get them all on a plane to Omaha. Tell you what, walking around there all weekend, and I got to spend a lot of time with a lot of them. All The, the number of former players that were there pulling for their Gamecocks was, was really, really neat to see. And um, you know everybody will be screaming loud at 6 o'clock uh, from wherever they are Friday night to get you all back yeah. to – to Omaha coach. Uh, thank you. I know we're going to let you run on that note. You squeezed us in today when you certainly had no obligation to do that. And it really, really means a lot. Safe travels tomorrow uh, down to the swamp and, uh, and, and take another series from them. If you don't mind. Uh, we all want it. Trust me. We all want it. Appreciate you guys for having me on. Good, good luck. Thanks, coach. Thank you. Coach. Right. Thanks, coach. Thanks guys. Mm-hmm. There you go. Head baseball coach, Mark Kingston, South Carolina in Florida. Mark Six Kingston five. is now seven and two in regional play at South Carolina. Yeah, not a bad record. Yeah, seven and yeah. two. It's pretty, pretty solid good stuff because he went three and zero oh in uh, Greenville, North Carolina, one and two in twenty twenty one, and three and zero oh this year. Yeah. Solid Mark. Second super. Yeah, I mean, you know, Second he's super. not a bad coach, y'all. I don't know what the. <laughs> He's going to be fine. Yeah, he's going to be fine. I mean, you know, the the idea is win, lose, or draw, or you're not going to draw. Win, lose in Gainesville this weekend. You got to build on this year. Yeah. You know, I I think when you're talking about this big, the big picture, you know, in in South Carolina's going to lose some guys, but they're going to go get some guys. I'll tell you right now, they're going to get some guys in the transfer portal that are going to be pretty good. And there's enough good players coming back to where this could be another really good team next season. So that that's the key. Um, and that's the discussion now. All right. So this has been a, a breakthrough year for him at South Carolina. It would have so. hit Jans Tahoe. That's right. Yeah. That's actually a good point. It was headed right for it, Jan. 
I didn't even think about that. Knocks the beer tree down. It's like it takes out a couple of those they PBR cut the beer tree down. They did. The university chainsawed it. <laughs> they yeah. cut the that's like the third time that's happened to Jan Cycle. Jan was after you, this you, weekend. You, me and you Coop walked Jan over. Tell you, tell he had a shovel. Story. I was like, what are you doing that shovel? He was out there planting new trees for next season. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's, that was a heck of a show. Of, the, yeah. we had, this yeah. is kind of a celebrity-filled show today. Here. Yeah, we had a big one today. Owen, this has been nice. And, now let's super uh, Mike Morgan and Kingston. But, yeah, very nice of Coach Kingston to fit us in. I, uh, I, I can sure. tell you Kent and King went above and beyond to make that happen. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very kind of them. He will though. Uh, let's see here. I'm trying to think if there's anybody in the media that I don't know that wouldn't understand when I say this. Uh, but but uh, yep, King will meet collectively with the rest of those media losers tomorrow at uh, twelve o'clock. <laughs> The guy's yeah, like little. Scary. They can't get a one on one. Yeah, Whittle's that's right. Yeah. Truck yeah. It. Little's got to truck it back from Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, wherever he's at for that bad boy. He was. He was. Whittle yeah. was hoping for a Saturday Monday Super Regional. It's not. The text. No. Uh, I'm going to text uh, Kloniger and be like, "So, what are you other losers going to ask him tomorrow? <laughs> They've already that's got right. the answers." <laughs> Just sleep in. Take a couple of notes from the show. You you don't need to rush over there. Oh, I'm just kidding, man. I'm no just kidding. We'll I, this we'll this is. I'll, I'll say this. I've said this before. And JC, I sent you and Mike. I, Phil, I don't think I ever sent it to y'all. Me and me and JC and Mike were texting yesterday about a little, you know, some couple of things. And I sent them the uh, the um, Clemson regional. All, uh, media all tournament team that was sent to me by someone else, and all I mean, you would have thought that Clemson won the freaking region. I was going to say, yeah, I bet it like, was. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I mean, that you talk about a media conglomerate that you just can't explain up there. I'm like, I'm so past like being careful with what I say about it. The large majority of them are just a bunch of boogers. And then you it come is. to Columbia, and you got guys who almost do it too professionally at times. You know, I'm talking about me- real media guys now in the press box. Yeah. You know, where John Whittle's not over there clapping and cheering, and Cloninger and all these guys. It's it's, it's a good group. They're of cheering people, in you know. their hearts. That's right. Yeah, but up Bless here it's crazy. Like even outsiders that come in that start to cover <laughs> it, it's <laughs> like no, they meet, they flip them, they flip them. They're walking to the press yeah. box, high five. One, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Three, <laughs> respect Miss Clemson. Yeah, and then they get bounced. Beautiful. Yeah. I mean, exactly. I get anyway. All right. right, we are out of here. Teed up by travelingcountryclub.com. Traveling, JC, do us a big favor if you don't mind. Stick around till we say goodbye. You don't have to vanish on us. Phil and I are getting sick and tired of that crap. <laughs> TravelingCountryClub.com tees up our super regional coverage uh, this week on Inside the Gamecocks. And if you've not signed up to be a member of the coolest club in the Carolinas, hope we can give you a boost to do it right here. 45 golf courses to play in two states. Plus, the plunder on Polly's coming up 
in about a month. Polly's Island. TravelingCountryClub.com for all you golf lovers in lieu of today's merger. We have merged with them to bring you great golf. TravelingCountryClub.com. Thanks to Mark Kingston, Mike Morgan, and Hale McGranahan for joining us today. Cannot wait to see all of you tomorrow right here on Inside the Gamecocks, the show from the Cinerama Studios. Have a wonderful afternoon.